There's an expression that says, talk is cheap. And the point is that it's easier to say something than to do it. If James had spoken English, he would have liked that expression. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, following God, reflecting on His Word, and then responding to Him in prayer. If you're new to First 15, follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. You're in the right place to grow your faith. In season four, we're reading and praying through a few New Testament letters. The letter of James is very practical and grounded. He's concerned with wisdom that is lived out and put into practice. People have tried comparing him with Paul or even making his theology fit inside of Paul's teaching. But James isn't a student of Paul. He reaches back to the teachings of Jesus and sounds like Jesus did in his public teaching. The intent of our podcast is much like James's letter, to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process. You can find details about that at wordofprayer.com. That's with dashes. The section that we're listening to today from James isn't very long, but it is challenging. James is not very patient with those who make big claims for their faith, but don't do anything to back it up. Let's listen to the rest of chapter 2 from the letter of James. What good is it, my brothers, if a man says he has faith but has no action? Does faith have the power to save him? And if a brother or sister lacks clothes and daily food, and one of you tells them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, yet you didn't give them the things the body needs, what good is it? Just so, faith, if it has no action to back it, is dead by itself. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have actions. Well, show me your faith without action, and I'll show you my faith out of my actions. You believe that God is one. Well done! The demons also believe and shudder. But you're foolish if you don't see that faith apart from action is useless. Wasn't Abraham our father declared righteous by his actions when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar. You see his faith and his actions worked together, and his faith was completed by action. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a person is made right with God by action and not simply by faith. Likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also shown right by action in that she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without breath is dead, also faith without action is dead. That's a pretty simple yet clear message, right? I would say the thing to do is to reflect on where I need to take the next step of faith and give it a concrete expression in some action. 
you could say that this is another expression of what James said earlier in chapter 1 about not just being a hearer of the word, but also being a doer. I think that's right. Let me also say that this passage has sometimes lost its punch among Christians who are concerned about something else. One way this section has been translated, especially among Protestants, is by contrasting faith with works. Well, Paul also contrasted faith and works, just as we saw in Colossians earlier in this season. He develops this much further in the letter to the Romans. And some teachers have read James as contradicting Paul. The fact is they were making two very different points, but the language on the surface looks pretty similar. Paul argued your good works, as the law of Moses required, couldn't save you. Only faith in Jesus does. James is making a different point. He's keying off of this contrast between speech and action. James says claiming you have faith or saying that you believe something is no replacement for actually doing something about it or acting on it. Our good deeds don't save us or earn us salvation. They simply show that the faith is sincere and real. The traditional translation of this passage from James is uh, to use the word works, but I've seen that cause confusion, especially in light of Paul's argument and just launch debates that don't seem very helpful. I've used the word action to translate the Greek word erga. We get the word ergonomics from that word, by the way. And I think that the real emphasis that James gives to that word erga in the context and in how he uses the word is best captured by using action. So it's faith and action is the real contrast between what James is saying, not faith versus works that might save you or not. He's not worried about that. Just to make the point clear, look at the end of the passage that we heard today in James 2 and look at how James illustrates what he's talking about. He points to two examples, Abraham and Rahab. Now, both of them expressed faith through concrete action. Abraham showed a willingness to obey God and offer his son Isaac. Rahab received the Israelite spies into her home. Remember that story in Joshua, the book of Joshua? Twelve spies were sent out from Israel and Rahab receives two of the spies and trusted that they would spare her when God judged Jericho. So, in many ways, this passage in James gives us another chance to practice what we talked about two episodes back, to be both a hearer and a doer of God's Word. Don't just say you believe or trust God. Follow it through with action and do what he says. Let's pray. God, thank you again for your word and the practical lessons that you want to teach us. I'm grateful for James and the wisdom that he shares about faith and action. God, I believe that you are the one true God. 
I'm convicted by the truth that demons also believe that and they tremble. They don't act on that belief and change their heart though. God, work in my heart and help me to take the next step of faith to trust in you. God, I confess that I shut off my heart to other people when I fear that I'll be overwhelmed or it's going to require too much of me, too much of my time or my money or just too much concern that I don't feel like I have it to give. Forgive me for that and help me to open my heart and to put faith into action. I don't want a faith that is dead and lifeless. Breathe life into my faith. Bring it alive by your Spirit and work in my heart. Work through my actions to practice your love, your mercy, your kindness. Show me where I'm missing it and work in me today. Please give me a chance to put my faith to work for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think I need to say much about applying this passage today. It should be clear what the passage means and what we need to do with it. Maybe it just takes a commitment to live in an ongoing prayer and meditation before God and staying attentive to how we can put faith to work, to take action in faith and let God multiply the effort. The fruit is in God's hand. And just to be a faithful gardener and take the next step of obedience today is what I think is what's really required. Verse 15 is a ministry of wordofprayer.com. If you haven't found our Facebook page, we have regular encouragement and weekly events like prayer coaching that we announce there. So check that out at wordofprayer15 and be sure to like the page if you haven't. If you have a Twitter account and you'd like to receive regular but brief reminders based on First 15, follow me at Word of Prayer 15 on Twitter. God bless you as you take action and put His truth into practice.